It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hi, I'm Jake from Locked On. For the love of Pete, it's something you might say when your car gets damaged, but that won't get you the help you need for your vehicle. As someone named Jake, what you should be saying is something that can actually help. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. For help filing your claim 24-7, whether it's on the phone, online, or on the award-winning State Farm mobile app, however you choose. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. On today's Locked On Thunder podcast, we're going to dive into your mailbag questions, including what should be the expectations for Chet Holmgren? Where should the Thunder go in this draft? And when does the championship window open in Oklahoma City? All that and more coming up on today's Locked On Thunder podcast. You are Locked On Thunder, your daily Oklahoma City Thunder podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Let's get it going on the Lockdown Thunder Podcast, on the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. I am your host, media member, and editor-in-chief over at thunderousintentions.com, Ryland Styles. You can follow me on Twitter at Ryland underscore Styles. Follow the show on Twitter at LOThunderPod. Email the show, LOThunderPod at gmail.com. On today's show, brought to you by Prize Picks, we're going to be answering your mailbag questions, diving into the expectations for Chet Holmgren, who is the perfect star next to SGA? When does OKC's championship window open? And more. Today's show is brought to you by Prize Picks. First time users can get 100% instant deposit match up to $100 when you use the code locked on. That's code locked on at prizepicks.com for an instant deposit match up to $100. So we're here today talking about your questions. Subscribe to the show anywhere you get your podcast from. We have a very loaded week headlined by Brennan Rabar of Daily Thunder. Going to join the show tomorrow to discuss the NBA draft, and then we'll continue on with draft profiles and get you set for the draft that happens next week. How exciting is that? Now, Chet Holmgren, rookie year expectations. This question comes from at Rogier underscore Burner. This is going to be a talking point all offseason all fall, all during the season. I think that Chet Holmgren will look a lot like J-Dub looked, where where his impact to the game is immediately felt. He brings that dynamic that OKC needs, and he flashes his ceiling at times. I think that we might be overlooking what this season is supposed to be or will be or will turn into. The Thunder last year had an unbelievable two-month stretch, like an unbelievable two-month stretch. But otherwise, it was not all sunshines and rainbows, despite toppling expectations and becoming a team that that little thought would would be able to be be had last year after the Chet Holmgren injury. So the Thunder still have a ways to go. 
But what Chet Holmgren brings when it comes to shooting the basketball, allowing you to play a five-out offense, the pace, the trailing threes in transition, rebounds, shot-blocking ability, the, the deadly combination of, of him in the pick-and-roll, pick-and-pop with Shea, with Giddy, brings such a dynamic that it allows his his fit to be more seamless than it would be otherwise working in a top five pick. So that's great. And for his sake, he's not going to be asked to be that focal point, not going to be asked to be the franchise savior. I think that that's part of this element too, of why getting to the plane was so good. You did sacrifice some, you know, odds to jump up in the lottery. You sacrificed some draft position, but ultimately, not only did you give the players on this roster confidence, but you alleviate some of that pressure because I, I think that we sometimes forget at this time last year, we were questioning if Shea could be a number one. We were, we were saying that Chet Holmgren was going to save the franchise. Like that was the conversation at this time last year. And now Shea proved he's a number one. He's top five in MVP voting. He's, he, he made his first all-star team. He's gotten first team all NBA honors. Like he went out there and scored 30 points a game. Like he did superstar stuff. This team without their lone top five pick of this rebuild was able to go out there and, and make the play in and, and, and fall a game shy of a playoff series. And they had opportunities throughout the season as every team does that they sometimes miss on um, to, to have an even better record. They also won a lot of close games that if they went differently, of course, uh, they wouldn't have been in that position at all. So like it all kind of evens out. You are at the end of the day, what your record says you are. But ultimately I think Chet Holmgren's rookie year will be a very fun one. And because his role is not only what the Thunder need, they need shooting, they need rebounding, they, they need all of that. But the way you maximize Chet Holmgren just so happens to be the way that you maximize SGA and Josh Giddy and the players around him. So that's, that's going to help a lot. Now, I don't see a world where Chet Holmgren wins rookie of the year, not because of his production or, or, or output. I think Chet Holmgren might be, you know, a fantastic rookie and might deserve rookie of the year. But I think if Victor even steps a foot on an NBA floor this year, the votes will be in for him to win rookie of the year. He has the narrative. He has the, the, the kind of story behind it, which is what you look for in award voting. So uh, that's kind of where I'm at on Chet's rookie year. I think that this year was good um, in, in totality for, um, Chet Holmgren and for the Thunder, but there are going to be spots where uh, it doesn't look as clean, just like there were spots like that last year, just like there were spots like that in, in Josh Giddey's rookie season. Like There's going to be spots like that where uh, the fit isn't as seamless, even though on paper it looks extremely good. But again, last year, for as good as they were, they were fantastic for two months. And, and so other than that, you saw some ebbs and flows. Uh, at Oklahoman, Caleb, if you could choose one star next to Shea, who would it be? I'm going to answer the question. I don't, I don't want to have a full cop out, but I think that this question also opens up a broader topic of why the Thunder do not need to rush. Again, last year was fun. Getting to 40 wins was incredible. But as we said, they only played great for two months. And also, it takes time. We're going to get into championship window coming up, but it takes time to, to be a team that's ready to compete at the highest level. And... Shea gives you this ability to not rush into things. Because when you ask this question, 
I want you to go in your mind of superstars who might become available in the trade market and ask yourself, does this star fit with Shea? Just a simple yes or no. There are not very many no's on that list because Shea can do so much. We've seen Shea play off ball. We've seen Shea play on ball. We've seen Shea in three guard lineups. We've seen Shea in one guard lineups. We've seen Shea in, in two guard lineups. We've seen Shea in every combination possible. Shea can adapt and change and, and fit into any environment. And it seems as though he'd be willing to do anything in order to improve the team and to win. And so you don't have to hop on the first name that, that hits the trade market and push your chips in the middle because you're not sitting, you're, you're not waiting on that perfect fit in the, in the grand sense of like, we just have to get somebody in here or we just have to get somebody next to them. You can be selective. You can be a team that, that, that can make a multitude of things work to where it's not this guy or bust. It's not, it's not, you need this guy to save your franchise or save your core or save your window or whatever. The Thunder have the luxury of it almost be harder to find a bad fit next to Shea than it would be to find a fit next to Shea. So that's, that's the wonderful thing. Um, if I could just handpick guys and not worry about the cost, not worry about the realistic, you know, the realistic aspect of it, not worry about the, the, Anything like like at all? Just handpick somebody. Uh, I would really like to see you know Steph, the way that he moves off ball and relocates off ball, and Shea and the way that Shea drives and kicks and just the the dynamic of being able to score at an elite level in the mid range with Shea at the rim with Shea at the three point line with Steph. Like that would be pretty fun. Um, but again, you can comment a thousand different names on this podcast right now. And you'd be right. Like they do fit. They do fit next to Shea. So that's why the Thunder can be more selective and not rush into anything, in my opinion. Uh, at M20 Workman, when do you expect the championship window to open for OKC? This takes time. They're not going to go win a championship next year. They're not going to win a championship the year after that, in all likelihood. And then maybe year three, you're thinking that the window's open. I mean, these things take time. Like, like, look at the Nuggets. Year seven for Jamal Murray. Year eight for Jokic. They break through and win it. Giannis, as good as Giannis is, this undeniable force of 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 basketball. It took him till year eight to win it, and year eight with that same team, that same core, and that continuity. And you know, they, they went out and got True Holiday, and, and were able to go over the hump. But it takes time. Like you got to go through battles. You got to go through struggles. You've got to go through all these different things. We went through last week, uh, or the week after, you know, week before last. We went through and, and like look at the Celtics. They've gotten to the finals one time with that core in Boston. Like this isn't a small market, big market thing. This is a universal. Teams have to go through stuff. Smart Brown, Tatum, Horford, like all these guys played over a hundred playoff games with the Celtics. And they've gotten to the Western, you know, the Eastern Conference Finals like five times, and they've gotten to the finals once. So, like, they've you've got to uh, experience things and and and, and learn. And, and I think this too. Forget about the players' experiences, the front office experience, like the the team building experience. Your flaws 
do not get amplified, do not get pointed out on a night-to-night basis most of the time. Your flaws get highlighted and, and picked apart and dissected in the postseason. Like, think about what you thought of Jalen Brown this time last year, and think about what you think of him right now. Oh, he can't dribble. Oh, he can't He can't play. Don't want him at all. Like, those things, whenever they're highlighted on the basketball pinnacle, like the, the, the brightest stage, those things help you build your roster. So it's great that the Thunder won 40 games this year. It's great that they made the play, and it's great that I think that they're going to make the playoffs next year. I really do. But it's not time to push all in this summer because you don't know what you're going to need. You don't know what the lights are too bright for a certain player. You don't know how, when you get the game plan for one specific team for seven straight games, how they're going to find your weaknesses, how they're going to poke and prod. I mean, even if you only focus on the Thunder, and so you spent this whole regular season only focusing on the Thunder, how many times have you heard Mark say in pregame, we don't actually like game plan for these specific teams necessarily. We're more so looking at the big picture or more so looking at you know, our internal stuff and what how, how we can improve internally more so than a, a specific game plan most of the time for these other teams. It Come playoff time, that's totally different. And, and you're breaking down every little piece of data and detail that you can get your hands on. So that's why, just because you had a surprise year this year, just because you're going to add a top five pick and Chet Holmgren back to this core, plus whatever you do the rest of the offseason, it's not as though the expectation or the opportunity to go win a championship is there right now. You've got to go through stuff. You've got to experience stuff and fix stuff. Like things are going to get broken. You got to fix it. And that's why that trade you saw last week, kicking the can down the road of your assets, pushing them and and elongating your asset window matters because by that time, you're going to know what your flaws are and how to fix them more so than you will this time next year. Because this time next year, in all likelihood, you're going to feel the exact same way you feel right now of like, this is a fun young team, let's get rolling. But as you start to peel the layers back and go through more series and go through more uh, you know, seasons, you're going to start to see whatever limitations or struggles pop up. And there will be some. There's some for every single team. There's there's never been a team that is so perfectly assembled that they couldn't get a, a, a minute amount better. So it's going to be interesting. But like, yeah, the, the championship window does not open for two or three more years. Like this is going to take time as much as we want to, to microwave it and get it right now. So coming up, what blockbuster trades can OKC make on draft night? Will the Thunder make a surprise pick? And how does Trey Mann fit into all of this? All coming up on today's show. But first, I want to tell you right now, we're good friends over at Better Help. Folks, BetterHelp is there for you. Uh, you're going to want to go over there right now to betterhelp.com slash locked on NBA. That's betterhelp.com slash locked on NBA. They are going to help you become a better you. Frankly, we all know that uh, this is kind of a difficult topic to discuss, but if you're thinking about therapy, give BetterHelp a try because it's entirely online. It's designed for your convenience. It's flexible and is suitable for your schedule. Uh, Just go in there, fill out a brief questionnaire, and you're going to get a match uh, with a licensed therapist right away. And if you don't, you know, want to continue with that licensed therapist, you can just switch at no no additional charge to you. Just switch to a new one and find your perfect fit at BetterHelp. Go there right now, betterhelp.com, betterhelp, H-E-L-P, 
youtube.com slash locked on NBA and go make yourself a better you and discuss and grow with betterhelp.com slash locked on NBA. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner and locked on NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We're back on the Locked On Thunder Podcast, on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you so much for making us your first listen every single morning, every single day. We're here for you talking Thunder basketball. At Jared KW13. What blockbuster trade can OKC make on draft night? None. I don't think that the Thunder are going to make a blockbuster trade this year. But if you want to go down this road, I would say keep an eye on Toronto. There might be some funny business happening uh, up north. And then maybe, uh, independent of that note, maybe you could be a team like the Cavs were, where like you're a part of a mega blockbuster deal, but all you do is swoop in and grab a fun young player as the Cavs did with Jared Allen um, in that James Harden trade. You swoop in and get a really, really good player for practically doing nothing but but sitting around the explosion. So I I would say that might be a realistic pathway for OKC. I'm not sure that the Thunder would do anything dramatic. Um, I I think that if I had to guess, the the offseason kind of looks like, you know, maybe take on a bad contract for an asset. Uh, just so that way you use your cap space and it doesn't go to being an idle or wasted resource. But that's what it looks like to me. However, those are some two things to, to be thinking about this week as you march forward in your week and toward draft day. Uh, at Keith underscore Hayes, what if Mitch decides to finally come over? How does that affect things? Uh, he's not going to, I don't think. He's 29 years old. He hasn't played in the NBA. I don't think he wants to play in the NBA. Um, and I think he, all he does is, is use this as leverage. It's kind of like Mike Gundy every year saying, I'm going to go to Tennessee. I'm going to go to Arkansas. Oh, I'm going to go to whatever school, Oregon State, uh, just to get more money from Oklahoma State. Pretty much all he's doing at this point. Uh, he's 29 years old. You have to, you'd have to cut somebody to add him to this roster. It doesn't make a lot of sense um, for, for anything involved. Um, and frankly, I'll be very glad whenever his draft rights uh, go the way of the Dodo Bird somehow. Uh, at Rashid Boy. Could you see Oklahoma City trading back into the first round to get another player? Also, is it true that Sam was in France? So I absolutely could see Oklahoma City um, getting back in the first round. I would even say that they probably should. There's, there's probably going to be value in the first round. We want to get back in the first round and get your guy. Um, but the Thunder made a draft day trade each year since 2019. So I'm not sure that that's a huge limb I'm going out on. But I would do it, and I would think that there's going to be an opportunity to do it with the amount of teams that have multiple first-round picks and and some contracts that they might want to get rid of. So keep an eye on that. Um, and as far as was Sam in France, I have no confirmation on if he was in France for the finals this weekend, but I, I have seen that on Twitter, and I don't think that they're lying, so probably. Uh, but I, I do know if you're just looking for some sort of confirmation he's watched the Mets 92, he was, of course, in Vegas whenever they played Scoot and the G League Ignite. Uh, at mbame 37 despite being a weaker draft, who would be the perfect fit for OKC in 2024? What are some names that you look for? So 
one name that's like returning to the draft so you can like watch his college stuff already would be Trey Alexander, who I really like, a local kid as well. Um, I really like uh, Cody Williams. That's Jalen's brother um, from Santa Clara, in case you didn't know. Cody Williams, I think, is going to be really good. He's going to Colorado. Uh, he'll be very fun to watch, and I think that you will really enjoy the, his play style. Uh, and then uh, Mattis Brazilius, I believe is how you say his last name. He is from Sunrise Academy, same one as Grady Dick went to in Kansas, uh, but he's going to go to Julie Ignite. He's not going to go to college. So keep him in your mind as you see the G League schedule roll out and whenever uh, Ignite comes to um, wherever the Thunder Blue are going to be playing this year. I, I think it'll be Paycom, but who knows? Whenever they come to town, get yourself some tickets and watch them. Uh, at Turtle Thunder Turtle 11 where do you see Trey Mann fitting into this roster? Yeah, I... I think that this is a make or break year for him. I think that this is, you know, kind of the same thing that we said about Baisley this time last year. We're like, you got to show something. You've got to, you've got to do something um, in this, in this season, because the roster crunch is going to be real next off season. Um, next off season. I think you're also going to want to be more aggressive in improving your roster. Whereas like, you're going to be wanting to find upgrades at almost every slot to kind of continue to bolster that roster. And, you know, at that point, you're going to be having three picks next year. You're going to be having uh, another round of free agency, another round of um, trade discussions where it'll be very hard to go through two rounds of this without finding someone redundant, redundant to what Trey Mann has brought you to this point. Now, that being said, um, I, I have a hard time getting a read on Trey Mann because when you watch his stuff, if you were to make a cut up on Synergy, of Trey man. But when the ball left his hand, the clip ended and you want, you're on to the next clip. It would look fantastic. You would think he's one of the best scores in the NBA. You would think that he is just this awesome piece, but the ball doesn't go in that much. And like, what if it starts going in this year? Then all of a sudden we're having a complete and total different conversation about Trey man. So that's a lot of pressure on him. And he is the first sort of case study of what the Thunder been trying to, to cultivate of comp internal competition. Like they want internal competition at every slot. They want you to work, to fight, to, to, to develop into being one of the 17 guys, 18 now with the third two-way deal that, 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 that warrant being on the other side of this rebuild. And so uh, Trey Mann will, I think, have to prove it this year. I think that if he has another year like he had this year, uh, by the time next summer ends, he'll no longer be in Bricktown. That's, that's what I would assume. Uh, so there it is. A lot of pressure on this season for Trey Mann. Uh, at C. Chittino, with a new CBA, can the Thunder look to draft a specialist versus drafting a special player? Should the Thunder uh, look to draft a specialist versus trying to draft a special player? And at Basketball Weave asks, can the Thunder pay everyone on this new CBA? Let's tackle the first one first. This new CBA should in no way change how you draft at the top. If you're drafting at pick 12, which the Thunder will be in a couple of days, at pick 12, you should try to get the very, very, very best player possible. And if that player becomes a guy like J-Dub did, where he is top of the class, all rookie, projects to be an all-star, that is wonderful. You can never have too many all-star players. You want to know why? Your only rebuttal to that sentiment would be you can't pay everyone. 
But guess what happens when you can't pay them? You trade them. Guess what happens when you trade all-star caliber talent? You get back whatever you're missing. Or a boatload of picks. Or, in some cases, both. So the Thunder should always be looking to draft special, incredible, magnificent talent. Because you know why? You get them for, you know, nine years. And then all of a sudden, after you sign those, those, those rookie extensions and everything, then all of a sudden you trade them and you get a run-of-the-mill 3 and D guy that really ties together your core. That's why you should do it. And even if you trade them before they sign the rookie extension, you get them for, for four years, you trade them, and you get back whatever specialist you desire. And that's also insurance. If you draft nine special players, by the time the bill comes due, how many of those nine are healthy? How many of those nine are still special players? How many of those nine are still in Oklahoma City? How many of those nine? They, there's so many variables. How many of those nines ha, have, have gone on to have playoff success versus have found playoff deficiencies? How many of those nine? It's so, so complex when you get to building a team. So, yes, the Thunder should absolutely look for the best possible player in this draft and in every draft and not settle for filling a hole and filling a need. As far as can the Thunder pay the four guys that they have right now, Shay, Chet, J-Dub, Giddy. I think that they can. I think, I think that there's been some inklings or whatever you want to call this, some, some feelings that they're willing to pony up what it takes to keep them around. And I think that if they all four became max guys and, and none of them took even a smidgen less than the max, which by the way, even Jalen Brown took a smidgen less than the max uh, the first go around with Boston, uh, then yes, they're going to be able to pay them. So uh, I, I think that I think that they're going to want to pay them, they're going to be willing to pay them, and they're going to pay them um, because I, I think that sometimes we get a little over our skis on what this is all actually going to cost and do and, and change. The biggest thing is the Thunder have what you need. They have flexibility. They have future assets that, that, that are cost-controlled talent being first-round picks. And they can move forward with this. And they have a really good developmental system that lets them find talent in the margins. Like, look at Isaiah Joe's deal. It, like, if Isaiah Joe continues to play the way he played this year, that deal is criminal. It is criminal. But the Thunder pounced on it and developed him, and now they have one of the best bargains in the NBA. Lou Dort for a long time, one of the best bargains in the NBA. Like they, they find these bargains guys. Like So to continue to do that will allow them to pay their core also. Coming up, who are we expecting the biggest jump from in this season and more? But first, I want to say right now, but I got friends over at Prize Picks. Folks, you know about Prize Picks. I love Prize Picks. It makes the game so much more enjoyable to me. I, it's so fun to just sit back, load up prize picks, go to prizepicks.com, download the app, use code locked on, get a hundred percent deposit match up to a hundred dollars, and throw a few shekels down on like, hey, will Jokic have more or less than 25 and a half points? Will Jimmy Butler have more or less than five and a half assists tonight? And you just sit back, you watch, and if it happens, boom, you can run up to 25 times your money. 
If it doesn't happen, you lost. But it's just you versus the projections and you versus the numbers. You're not competing against other players that study this more than you do, that know more than you do, whatever. It's just you versus the projections, and you're just there to have fun uh, and engage in some fantastic games over there at Prize Picks. They have every sport you can imagine, NBA, MLB, WNBA. Those are all in season right now. NHL for the Stanley Cup as it wraps up. Plus, when football rolls back around, they'll have football, college, and pro. They'll have men and women's NCAA basketball. They have Eurobasket, cricket, esports, NASCAR, tennis, and more. So check it out today, prizepicks.com. Uh, use the code locked on, 100% deposit match up to $100. We're back on the Lockdown Thunder Podcast, on the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you so much for making us your first listen every single morning, every single day. We're here for you. Talking Thunder basketball. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We're talking about your questions on the mailbag episode. Tomorrow, we'll be talking with Brennan Abar of Daily Thunder, so make sure you get your questions in for him as well. Uh, Wednesday, Keontae George, NBA Draft Profile. Thursday, Nick Smith, NBA Draft Profile. What profile do you want to hear about Friday, Saturday, and Sunday? Let me know down below on YouTube, or on Twitter at Ryland underscore Styles. At Gypsy Hustle one who are you expecting to have the biggest jump in development? And who takes more of a backseat once Chet returns? So as you put Chet in to the fold, I think that the natural backseat is actually J-Dub. Uh, I think that J-Dub likes to be that complimentary piece, likes to be that glue piece, likes to be somebody who, who doesn't, demand these these outrageous touches and doesn't um mess up the flow like he likes to get his within the flow within getting open shots on relocation within cutting at the perfect time like he likes to play that way and, and you've heard mark talk about you know at times we want jay to be even more aggressive but he doesn't you know but like we've got to encourage him to be more aggressive whereas with that guy like lou dort you've got to encourage him to be less aggressive like you got to find that perfect balance and those are the two players specifically that Mark highlighted in that in that kind of analogy. So I think that that, that like just human nature would lead you to believe that J Dub would be the one who's more comfortable finding his his way in the quote unquote back seat uh, whenever Chet Holmgren returns. Now, who I think has the biggest development this year, Josh Giddy. I think that Josh Giddy's development last year went under the radar from year one to two. However, his pathway to being noticeable is so much cleaner because you don't, you know, you, with Chet Holmgren, it, it's not as though people are going to say he's developed so much. It's just going to be that he's bursted onto the scene with J-Dub. I think that he's going to do a lot of the same things he did last year, only just a more polished version to where just like Josh Giddy, that kind of goes under the radar a bit, but Josh Giddy can see such an uptick, such an increase in all these counting stats and things that you can just tangibly feel um, that, that I think that he will be the one that we praise is like this massive jump. Because I think that he'll, A, get to the free throw line a lot more. Like, I think that the Thunder are stressing that in his offseason. I think that he's stressing that in his offseason of, like, he's got to get to the line. He's taking on the contact. Guys are fouling him. But you got to figure out a way to turn those foul fouls into calls, is what Sam Presti even said at the exit interview. 
So what happens? We've talked about this for the last three years on this podcast with, with SGA. I've been saying this since May 2020 with SGA. The way you unlock more scoring is to get to the free throw line. And what did Shea do this year? Got there 10 times a game and became a 30-point-per-game scorer. That's not the leap for Josh Giddey. Josh is going to get there you know, five times a game and incrementally increase his scoring output. But you mix that increase in scoring with staying on track, increasing his shooting from beyond the arc, with his elite playmaking, with the fact that he's an elite rebounder for his position, with the fact that that Chet Holmgren will be there anchoring the defense to clean things up and to, and to make the team look better as a defensive unit. I think that it's just going to pop off the page how good Chet, how good Josh Giddy is in that development. So I would say him as the uh, largest jump in development. At Colin Miller 24, how would you feel about a John Collins trade? I can't see a pathway to liking it. Now, maybe, maybe we get to to whatever date he gets traded and say, "Oh, that was it." But what I assume Atlanta would be asking for John Collins, I just wouldn't, I just wouldn't do. Like, I, I just think that I'd rather just keep this group together and let them continue to develop more so than go get John Collins. So, like, I'm I'm out on that. But who knows? We'll see what the return is. But right now, I just I wouldn't feel good about it. I just would not feel good about it at all. Uh, I, I wouldn't feel good about trading any of the four for John Collins. And then would Atlanta take anyone less than those four for John Collins is, is kind of the, the, the question there uh, at points. God, Chris, how or why does SGA get so much hate? So I think that SGA does get an abnormal amount of hate on NBA Twitter and, and, and community spaces for, for NBA talk. I think it's mostly because if I had to guess, it's mostly because you can't see him. Like, He's not on national television, but what, three times this year? And while he's not on national television, you cannot watch him play. You're hearing all these people on podcasts, on TV shows, on social media, hyping him up and hyping up and appreciating what he's done this year, all while you can't watch it. So then you go and you look at basketball reference and like, oh yeah, he's 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 averaging 30 points a game. He's averaging, you know, a career high in free throws, you know, this season. So he's obviously just baiting fouls like he's James Harden in his prime. Whereas like when you get to watch him, you can kind of appreciate him more of like how he's getting to the line, how he's scoring, how he's leading a team and stuff like that. So I think it's just a lack of exposure. I think that this should not concern Thunder fans right now. This team's cool. And as this team wins more and they're going to be on national television more this year and next year and the years after, this team will be a team that sure people are going to hate because that's, that's sadly the reality of the NBA talk sphere where it's easier to hate and to have negativity and, and get likes that way than to be any sort of positive. But um, he's cool. His Instagram's cool. His, his play style is cool. This team has, has the most drip in the NBA, as they say um, off the court on the court, they're all cool to where this is going to be a team that people gravitate towards as they get to see them more. I think it's, it's also like you can take a little glimpse too. All of a sudden now everyone understands that, oh, wow, Jokic is really good. He's won two MVPs. Like he's, he's been doing this. You just don't have league pass. You don't watch him. But now you're watching him every single night in the playoffs and you're like, wow, this guy's really, really good. Yeah, he is really, really good. The same people who are just now finding out about Jokic and, and otherwise dismissed him and hated on him are going to be the same people who just now find out about Shea this year. He's on ESPN every week. And he's, and he's in the playoffs. And like then they'll start to get it, and they'll start to be like, oh, you know what? This guy's actually pretty cool. This guy's actually pretty awesome. 
So I, I think that that's kind of where a lot of the hate comes from. Uh, at Finley, Vander GR2, any draft intel? Well, I did break the news that Mike Miles had a draft workout with OKC. Hold your applause. But ultimately, I, I, I've heard the same stuff that has since been reported. Uh, I've heard about Paz being a guy that got feedback in the 20s of the first round. Uh, I've heard that you know a, a scout, not, not from the Thunder, but a scout from a different NBA team said that Kaysan uh, is going to go top 10. Kaysan uh, Wallace, that's interesting. Uh, stuff like that, that. Like I've heard it. We'll see if it's true, if it's smokescreen stuff. But um, yeah, in terms of like solid footing, uh, Mike Miles is going to work out with OKC. So TCU guard, I don't know if he's going to get to the 50, but the Thunder could always trade back up in the second round if he doesn't slide that far if they wanted him. Uh, at the Donnie G, does the recent trade make it more or less likely to make other moves? Go back and listen to Friday's episode. It's uh, the Kobe Bufkin draft profile. We started out that episode uh, discussing the trade. There's no change to me. The Thunder, again, th- this time last year, this time last year, the Thunder did what? Amidst the NBA Finals, they trade with the Denver Nuggets. They get a 2027 first-round pick, and they give away a current draft first-round pick. So last year, they got a 2027 Denver pick. They traded um, the 2020 30th overall pick, and people said, oh, no, why would you do this? Why on earth would you do this? That just Why would you throw this pick away when you could have traded up in the 2022 draft? What did the Thunder do? Not only did they trade up, they pulled off an even more impossible feat and just pulled a lottery pick out of thin air. They grabbed pick 11 out of thin air. So um, it doesn't change anything to me. The Thunder can still go operate just as before. And just so you're aware, that this trade, whenever Woj reports a trade, it is not an official trade. It's not an official trade until the Thunder release a PR statement uh, and we all tweet it out. At that point, it's it's then an official trade by the league office. So the Thunder haven't committed to anything yet in the sense of like they can trade that, to make it simple, let's say that the Thunder trade the 2024 first-round pick of the Utah Jazz back to Utah, and they get pick nine. They, they trade the Jazz first-round pick next year and 12 to get pick nine. They then can still do the deal with Denver, only instead of including the four first-round picks that they technically own right now, it would hypothetically include uh, you know, the, 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 I mean, the, the Rockets, Clippers, and Thunder picks. So, like, nothing is set in stone yet to where they can even still use picks for next year's draft. They just have to give Denver the least favorable of their picks in 2024. So, uh, it doesn't change anything about what is um, happening to me on draft night. At Brandon Levine, who is a realistic free agent target, and who do you like at 12? So, at 12, uh, I really like Kulabale. I like Leonard Miller a ton. Um, I love Grady Dick if he could fall there. I'm not sure that'll fall to 12, though. Um, the Really, uh, the biggest thing for me is the only name I don't like at 12 is, is Ryan Repair. Like, I, I could talk myself into any other draft pick at 12 than Ryan Repair. Uh, for free agents, again, I don't think that they're going to chase that many free agents, but like Josh Hart, Nas Reed, like those could be guys I would find interesting, and I would really love Nas Reed on this team. But I think that a lot of other teams like Nas Reed to where I don't know that he'd pick the Thunder. So I, I love Nas Reed, though. Uh, at OKC Thunder RJ, how are we going to survive the next four months into the regular season? Well, listen to Locked on Thunder. Uh, we're going to have the draft next week, so that will give us a crop of players to, um, one, uh, interview whenever they get uh, drafted and, and do the introductory press conference, uh, so that will provide content. Two, go study their game and watch all their college 
film and, and, and dive into them and how they fit. Uh, then we're going to have free agency and that opens up the trade window. Uh, you know, so does the draft, like the draft and free agency kind of opens up trades around the league that will of course have ripple effects to OKC um, free agency did the same thing. Uh, summer league, the Thunder are playing in two summer leagues this year. So they'll be playing summer league basketball from July 3rd to July 17th. And then after summer league, you're going to have FIBA and the Thunder have a ton of players playing, but, but specifically SGA and Giddy are literally headlining a slam magazine cover for FIBA. So like, that's how important they are to their respective countries and teams. So that's going to carry us a long time in August. Uh, then you're going to have media day. Uh, you're going to have training camp preseason. And then, like you said, the regular season. So, it's going to get here before you know it. I know it sounds daunting right now, but we're here for you every single day on Lockdown Thunder. So subscribe to get your dose of Thunder basketball. A uh, couple more questions at Alex Bowlerjack. Beverage of choice. So you didn't specify what kind of beverage. So I'll just give you my entire beverage list. Uh, coffee is my number one beverage of all time. <laughs> um, I love coffee. Uh, water. Water specifically too with crystal light. I always have two cups of water at all times. I have with me normal clear water, just normal water. And then I have with me some water that has a crystal light packet in it. Uh, you know, I'm trying to, you know, I've kicked out soda. I've, I'm believe it or not trying to live a kind of a healthier lifestyle. Support me on that journey. If you will, no, no, no flowers, no applause necessary, uh, but kicked out soda, replaced it with crystal light packets. Uh, you know, grapefruit punch particularly are my favorites on this journey. Um, and then adult beverages, Mickey ultra. I love Mickey ultra. I'm a Michelob ultra guy. I'm a Mickey ultra guy. All right. So you see me around, who knows, but uh, there you go. Favorite beverages. When I was drinking uh, soda, by the way, if you do care about that, my favorite soda was uh, cherry Coke, but nonetheless at uh, the Hansard, the underscore Hansard. I love the way you finish your podcast. Is there a podcast or video that you listen to that you have to hear the send off for. Thank you. I, I appreciate you listening to the end. Uh, one that I find funny is my brother and my brother and me. It's a podcast. It's like a, it's a comedy advice podcast. Uh, I, I just have to listen to the end of, of the uh, pod because the way at the end, it's just so funny to me every single uh, time that might be my, my middle school sense of humor, but I do love the way they end their podcast. So I go listen to that. If you want to hear the end of it. Um, the next question from at, Clem Akufo, thoughts on Ohio State's Bryce Sensible? You're going to hear them in our draft profile later this week, but I do like his scoring ability. Um, I, I, I would really like to have this in a more expanded conversation, considering that we're up at the 40-minute mark right now, and I'm going to get in a lot of trouble from the bosses. So I don't want to do this too much, but I do wonder if he fits in OKC. I do like his scoring ability, and I promise you we'll do a draft profile this week on Bryce Sensible. And then the last one from Milo Champions League finished uh, yesterday. Predict the winner and next year's winner. Um, I have no idea what even teams are in Champions League. Is is Man City in there? Let's pick Man City. Uh, if not, AFC Richmond might be in there. Let's pick AFC Richmond. I don't know. I have no idea who's in there. So I'm sorry about that. I'll do more research for you next week and get back with you on that. Uh, what is more likely to happen first? The Thunder reach the second round of the playoffs or OU, which is the national championship game. I assume you mean OU football. Uh, Thunder is more likely to happen first. Uh, also, favorite movie release of 2023 so far? Going to be honest with you, I have not watched a single movie this year. I, not a single, wait, wait, Air released this year, right? Air, Air. I love the movie Air, so I, I loved it. But there it is. Every question answered, 
And if you if you, you know, release a question after I've already recorded this, I will respond to you directly on Twitter. But thank you all for sending in the questions. It's going to be so worth it uh, to get yelled at by the bosses for going way over the 41-minute mark. But until tomorrow, be good and be good to one another. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.